It's the final crossover Thursday show of the year. David Harrison, co-host of Locked On Washington Football, will join us shortly. But first, we'll get you caught up on all things New York Giants coming up next on the Locked On Giants podcast. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and today is the final installment of our in-season crossover Thursday shows. Coming up in just a bit, we're going to have David Harrison, co-host of Locked On Washington Football on the program, and we're not going to really break down the Giants' Washington game on Sunday. We're just going to kind of talk a little bit about our respective teams, you know, where things are, where we think they're headed and that sort of thing. You know, why bother talking about the game? You know, it doesn't mean anything for either team. They're both going to go home after it's done. So we didn't waste a whole lot of time talking about that. But uh, before we get to that, I do want to mention a few things um, in this segment, some predictions and um, I'm going to do a, a more detailed show on this probably coming up once things get settled, settled down a little bit. But um, some immediate expectations that I have for the Giants once the offseason officially kicks off on Monday, besides the fact that Dave Gettleman will not be back. He will uh, be announced as having retired. I don't see the organization as uh, you know, coming out and saying he's fired. They're not going to do that to him. But um, I think ultimately what's going to happen with regards to the GM is it will be somebody from the outside. Now, um, who that person is, I know who I would like to see who it is. And if, you know, a few weeks ago, I, I did a show on candidates and who my pick was, but I'll reiterate that on Monday. I'll probably do an article for Giants Country as to who the candidates I think make the most sense and who my pick will be. Um, I do think Joe Judge will be back. And I know a lot of you don't want to hear that. And a lot of you are probably saying, Pat, how can he be back given how badly this team has been embarrassed these last few weeks? The bottom line is it's strongly been um, believed that John Mara and Steve Tisch believe in Joe Judge, that um, they look at the injury situation, which, again, has just been atrocious. And by the way, they should really look into what led to all that. You know, that's another topic, though, for another show. But uh, the injury situation obviously was, was atrocious. Um, the fact that, uh, they had upheaval again on the coaching staff, you know, this was the second year in a row, Joe Judge had to fire a coach in season, that being Jason Garrett. And by the way, I don't think Freddie Kitchens is the answer on, on, uh, on offense for, to lead this offense to the next, uh, level. So I just have a feeling that if Joe Judge is back next year, he's probably not going to have as much of a free reign as he did this year. In other words, I don't know how much uh, 
ownership and the new GM necessarily is going to let him fully hire his own offensive coordinator. I think he'll maybe get suggestions and, um, you know, go from there. Um, I think he might get some suggestions about some of the things he's done in the past. And if you watched yesterday's show, I talked about some of the things he needs to, to, to change. Uh, so there might be a little bit more, I don't want to say handholding, but Joe has not yet proven that uh, you can kind of turn him loose and do what needs to be done to put together a winning program. But uh, I do think that he will be back. Uh, you know, I, 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 I would like to see them start all over and leave that up to the new GM, whoever that might be. But I just don't get a sense that that's how it's going to be. So I'm sorry. I know a lot of you don't want to hear that, but that's just the vibe I'm getting from, um, you know, the, the uh, scuttlebutt, if you will. Um, the other thing that I don't see happening you will not see, I don't think, Daniel Jones's fifth-year option be picked up, nor do I think you will see Dexter Lawrence's fifth-year option picked up. We, people forget, you know, we, we talk so much about Daniel Jones and his option year. Well, Dexter Lawrence was, in, was the number one pick in that same draft class, and I don't see his option year getting picked up. So um, the Giants, as I've said before, are just not going to be in a position to spend big money in free agency. They're not going to be in a position to spend on contract extensions, which, by the way, that's going to apply to Saquon Barkley. You know, Jones and, and Lawrence, they don't have to worry about that them this year. But but Barkley, uh, if he's looking for that contract extension, I don't think he's going to get it this year. So, um, so yeah, I mean, some decisions, I think, are kind of clear. And that's how I see them going. I know, again, that retaining judge is not a popular one among some of you. And I fully expect some of you will let me know about that. But that's sort of how I see it happening. Now, can that change? It sure can. But, you know, you look back and you see, you know, what's kind of been leaked out already and what's been said. And I just don't see the Giants pressing the reset button, even though I would love to see them do it like they did when, you know, with George Young. And there are reasons for that, that, you know, I'll try and make sense of if that's what it comes to. But, uh, you know, let's see what it, what uh, they end up doing and who they end up targeting for their GM position. Hopefully they will cast that wide net and they'll bring in somebody who they can live with for the next decade plus. All right, coming up, folks, we'll hear from David Harrison as part of the final Crossover Thursday show of 2021. Stay with us. All right, Giant fans, before we get to the crossover segment with David Harrison of Locked On Washington Football, it's the most wonderful time of the year as college football is gearing up for the playoffs. The NFL playoff race is taking shape and the NBA and NHL continue to heat up. And no matter what sport you follow, Bet Online has you covered all year long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head on over to their new and updated desktop or mobile website at betonline.ag and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available. Visit betonline.ag today and get your 50% welcome bonus with the code LOCKEDON. 
All right, welcome back everybody to the crossover segment of the Locked On Giants podcast and the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Patricia Trainer here with you and David Harrison, co-host of Locked On Washington football is with me. And uh, folks, we have made it to the end of the regular season, a disappointing season, not just for the Giants, but also for the Washington football team, the defending or pre- the old defending uh, NFC East champions, not even in the playoffs this year. And uh, David, it's just been one heck of a season, I think, for both of our teams. Yeah, it's 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 one of those chapters, I think, that both sides are going to be happy to uh, to kind of put an end to uh, coming here in this game. And, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, I mean, really, as, as it relates to the 2021 NFL season, this game really doesn't matter, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things. But I think both fan bases, obviously, the media members and the teams themselves, really what this what this is going to do is kind of launch us into the next step for each franchise and and what's going to happen moving forward. I think, I mean, Patricia, we probably already have our opinions, right? I think you already probably know, like Daniel Jones, like you probably know what you want the Giants to do or think they should do with Daniel Jones, just like Chris and I do with Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, the quarterback situation. So more so it's just the teams getting more more film on some of the players maybe that they need more film on reassuring some things they already assume and then kind of then we kick off into the offseason and start talking battle plans for free agency re-signings in the NFL draft right now you know I want to start off by talking you know just a little different here first I want to talk about how Washington has changed personnel wise since the Giants first saw them in week two and then I kind of want to spin ahead a little bit because you're right this game I don't think a lot of people maybe outside of the players and coaches care about how this game turns out, but give us an update on some of the biggest uh, changes in personnel from week two to here we are week 18. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, we'll start with maybe the positive, I guess that Taylor Heineke isn't a first time regular season starting quarterback. Now he's got some experience uh, under his belts. Honestly, hasn't looked a whole lot better. There have been spurts and stretches of time uh, that he's looked a lot better. I think, you know, when, when we saw them play the New York giants the last time, we saw Taylor Heineke kind of being allowed to stretch the field a little bit more. And they, they kind of allowed him to, to take shots more often. I think now what we're seeing is really Scott Turner in the offense uh, in Washington has really kind of asked Taylor Heineke to shorten up the passing game, take the check downs a lot more often, more designed uh, intermediate type passes. But we've also seen them moving the pocket a little bit more in, in the most recent weeks, not still not as much as kind of, I would prefer them to, but I think that, if they had an inkling that Taylor Heineke was the quarterback of their future, maybe we would see more movement, you know, by design. But at the same time, as an offense coordinator, designer of an offense, do you really want to make wholesale changes to your offense to to accommodate an athletic quarterback when that athletic quarterback isn't necessarily going to be the guy in the future? So it's a little bit of a give and take there. Um, on the defense side of the ball, I think the most important, obviously, the most the, the biggest thing that stands out is the absence of Chase Young. Uh, he's not going to be on the field. Montez Sweat. May or may not be. Honestly, at this point, I don't expect Montez to play. I think that, uh, you know, he missed last week uh, because of the death of his brother. He's still dealing with, you know, all the fallout of that and, and obviously being there for his family and and taking his time to mourn. At this point in time, I, I, I kind of think if you're Montez Sweat looking from the outside in, it's just it's just better off if you just stay home, focus on your family, focus on uh, what you have to do as, as a brother who who just lost his sibling and go from there. So pos- probably losing both of those guys. Now, with that, of course, you've had some other guys uh, 
step in, in in those roles, but it's actually gotten a little bit better up front because instead of kind of freelancing as much as maybe Chase Young specifically was doing early on in the season, these guys who are coming in who are less known, known uh, they're not you know number one overall picks for their team in, in, in an NFL draft. Uh, they're coming in, they're just kind of doing their job and doing what their coaches are asking them to do, which in part is actually making the scheme work a little bit better. And then finally, I think Cole Holcomb, uh, the linebacker there for Washington, has made a lot of improvement over the, the course of the year. So the Cole Holcomb, not that he was bad the last time the Giants saw him, but I think that when this Giants offense studies Cole Holcomb specifically, they're going to realize that they're getting a much improved linebacker versus the last time they saw him. When you look at Washington, I mean, I, I know where – the Giants kind of went downhill, but what was kind of the turning point that just sunk this, the Washington football team season? Uh, honestly, I think it's the injury to Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, I mean, it, there's no telling necessarily how much better the team would have been uh, with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, with him versus without him. But you look at that Los Angeles Chargers game alone, you know, uh, Taylor Heineke having to come in to, to replace an injured starter and some of the things that come along with that, not being prepared as a starter all week long. I know every backup says they prepare to start, you know, no matter what, but the reps in practice are important and the way that the offense is designed uh, is important. And granted, Ryan Fitzpatrick, a little bit more mobile than I think people gave him credit for, but a much better passer, especially down the field as far as arm strength and accuracy are concerned, and much more fluid in, in his decision-making process than young, inexperienced Taylor Heineke is. So you go through the first part of the season before the bye week, and you have games against the Kansas City Chiefs, games against the Green Bay Packers, uh, the Denver Broncos, and that Los Angeles Chargers games, that I think if you have smarter and better quarterback play, Washington can win that game. And the defense wasn't playing up to snuff to begin with, but I think with a, a, a more well-rounded quarterback performance, you have the ability to potentially make up for some of those mistakes and some of those errors. So as the team was going through the first part of the season, as Taylor Heineke was going through some of those growing pains, it was costing them as the defense also tried to get their feet under him. And then coming out of the bye, if you have, again, Ryan Fitzpatrick with now a half a season's worth of experience with his receivers, um, then you and you have your defense starting to click a little bit better, starting to play a little bit better together, then that's where you have the opportunity. I mean, we saw it at the end of the season. Washington was still in the seventh seed uh, as late as week, I think, 13, so could have had the opportunity. I really think that having Ryan Fitzpatrick in there versus Taylor Heineke like they planned really makes all the difference in the world. And then Curtis Samuel, the, the free agent from Carolina, that they brought in to really kind of help stretch the field with Terry McLaurin on the other side. They never really got that one-two punch going. Uh, now now Curtis is dealing with a hamstring injury. I don't expect him to play in this final week either. So really it's an entire season where your starting quarterback and your number two wide receiver that you planned on having being an integral part of this offense was absent. And when you talk about degrading an offense that badly on a team that was designed to rely on defense anyway – uh, that that just that takes your offense from being you know a, a B maybe a B minus level offense to a C plus at best and that's just not going to get it done. Now a little bit of intrigue I think with this weekend's game, Joe Judge. I think everybody has heard about his eleven minute uh, soliloquy defending yeah. the program, and in that uh, speech, he mentioned without mentioning the Washington football team, he he mentioned how you don't see fist fights going on on the sidelines and so forth. You know, whether that was a direct jab at at uh, Washington, who had such an incident break out, or you know, just off just something he he just threw out there. I I I wouldn't be surprised if it was just something. It was a reference. How is Washington taking that? I mean, what's what's the response there? I know we had Ron Rivera on a conference call today and Ron was just kind of, you know, 
hey, you know, he kind of brushed it off. I'm not paying attention. You know, I find it interesting, but I'm not really paying attention to it. But what, how are the players responding to something like that? Because it, it can be a jab. It probably was a jab without meaning yeah. to be one, but you could see why it would be a jab. It could be. I mean, you know, I don't know Coach Judge, obviously, as well as you do. So if you err on the side that he probably was taking a veiled jab, I'm going to trust your word. When I heard it, I, I honestly looked at it as a head coach who was under fire. He's he's taking a lot of scrutiny himself, having to defend a lot of his actions, his team's actions, and basically just kind of reaching for some of the cliche, well, it could be worse type of situations. Um, maybe it is a jab, maybe it's not. I, I like the, that Ron Rivera used the word interesting because when Coach McCarthy – uh, straight up called out the Washington football team. Like, I guess give the Dallas Cowboys a little bit of credit. They, he, he straight up said, we're going to beat the Washington football team. He didn't he didn't leave any room for interpretation. Uh, Ron said the same thing. It's interesting, but it's not important because at the end of the day, the coaches don't go out there and play the game. The coaches aren't the one between the lines having to take the punishment for what's said and what's not said. And I think for the Washington football team, I, I don't honestly think anybody's going to get too stirred up about what Coach Judge said, even if that was in direct reference to them because – Again, internally, they kind of they they hash that out themselves. They know why it happened. They know what led to it, and they know how they're going to go forward. You know, Jonathan Allen uh, kind of brushed it off. Deron Payne said, "You know, brothers fight," and that's just kind of what brothers do sometimes. Those two guys have been playing football for a very, very long time. If it was a relationship that couldn't be mended or needed mending, you would know it by now. And I don't think they would probably be playing playing next to each other uh, anymore the way that they are. So I don't think the inside the locker room really is going to carry any weight. I think they're. They're all to to is to a man. They all have much more motivation coming into this weekend uh, than than what Coach Judge uh, is going to give to them. But I did find it funny, Patricia, that Coach Judge, who uh, doesn't have his players fighting on the sideline, but he did have his players fighting in training camp with his starting quarterback at the bottom of the scrum, uh, is bold enough to call out another team potentially for having a swing thrown once in the season. So I mean, it was a little bit of the kettle or the pot calling the kettle black. I thought, and I thought that was interesting. But I took it more as coach judge just i mean trying to, to stay afloat in new york that's a good point i don't think anybody's brought that up because it was so long ago so good point uh and i'm joe petty was, like that i remember that kind of stuff yeah well <laughs> you, you know what and joe was really miffed up you know he was ticked off about that i mean yeah. if you were standing there you had to cover your ears because yeah. that, what was coming out of his mouth was like oh my gosh it was <laughs> it was bad and you know, I'm not trying to be a prude here, but it was pretty, pretty bad. But yeah. anyway, final question from me uh, with really nothing to play for but pride, you know, and how many times have we heard it on the Giants side here? But what are your expectations for this game from both teams? You know, it's hard because, you know, the guys that are on the field are going to go out there trying to win again. And I've said it on my show a lot. I know fans are always looking for draft picks at this point in time in the season, unfortunately. But, you know, these players aren't going to go out there and absorb a car accident's worth of punishment to lose and potentially work themselves out of a job through a draft pick. You know what I mean? They're going to go out there and they're going to put the best tape on field because even if they're not, if their future is not with the giants or with Washington, their future could be with somebody else. And this game, they have the opportunity to go out there and show something uh, that could convince another coaching staff to give them a chance moving down, uh, moving further down the line. And then for other players, I mean, Terry McLaurin, you know, he's 40 yards away from a thousand yards. That's that would be back to back thousand yard seasons for him and his young career. He'd be the first Washington receiver to net, back-to-back uh, -back thousand yard receiving seasons since the mid nineties, which is amazing to me. Uh, Jonathan Allen is, is a sack and a half away from his first double digit sack season. So, I mean, there are individual reasons why these guys want to go out there and play. I, I would really expect the, the coaching staff. If these, if these veteran players really want to go out there and play like Terry McLaurin, you know, he's again, 40 yards from thousand yards. If he gets that 40, 41, maybe 45, 
I'd like to see him sit him. He's the future of your franchise. He's your number one wide receiver. Let him get his milestone, but then, you know, put him on, put him on the bench and say, Hey, you know, start planning your vacation. If you need to, uh, let's keep you healthy for 2022. Jonathan Allen, you know, same thing. I'm not sure a sack and a half is real. I probably give him a half of the game. And, and, you know, by that end of that first half, if it's just not happening, you're just not getting home. You've already got a career high eight and a half sacks. Let's go ahead. Let's pull the plug. Let's keep you healthy. Uh, things like that. Same thing with guys like Deron Payne, who, you know, has some some effort issues from time to time. But I think, you know, he's part of your future. Kendall Fuller, same thing. Cole Holcomb. Really, I want to see the team get the guys who need to prove something out on the field. Tim Settle is a free agent, potentially. Um, so there's an argument for put him on the field more and see what he is to see if you want to keep him. But at the same time, he's a free agent. So you put him on the field too much and he ends up uh, pricing himself out of Washington during the offseason. Um, I would like to see them again, protect their stars, protect the Keystone players. You know that you have let some of the guys who have there go out there who need to kind of prove themselves a little bit and do a little bit of evaluation. That's how I would approach it. Ron Rivera, the way he's talking, I, I kind of get the sense they want to go out with a win. They want to, they want to leave the fans. They want to leave themselves with a good taste in their mouth. They want to end the Washington football team chapter of this franchise with a victory since they couldn't win their last home game as the Washington football team. They want to win this one. So I feel like I'm going to be a little bit disappointed in that. Hopefully it doesn't come back to bite the future in the butt. And just real quick, you know, there's this is a historical moment. Washington, this is the last game Washington is playing as the yeah. Washington football team. They are going to announce a new team name that they have chosen for the 20, uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, February 2nd. What do you think that name's going to be? Have you heard anything as to what that name's going to be? No, I haven't heard anything. And as far as I know, the people that I talk to who, who are more tapped in uh, with this team haven't heard anything either. If they are, they're keeping the secret very well. Patricia, I feel like it's going to be Commanders. Um, I hate that name for for a host of reasons that Giants fans don't want to hear about, so I won't get too deep into it. Um, Out of the available names, because Red Wolves and Wolves have been eliminated, um, I would prefer Red Tails, uh, which goes back to the World War II uh, Tusky Airmen fighter pilot uh, uh, group. They were nicknamed the, the, the Red Tails, and I'm kind of, you know, confirmation bias, right? Uh, the red, the red tails again were fighter pilots in World War II. The new name and logo is getting unveiled on two two twenty two. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's some some correlation there. Maybe there's not. Maybe, maybe. I'm just reading into it a little bit more. But I prefer Red Tails. My gut says Commanders, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I think I had heard possibly Admirals too. Which... Admirals, yeah, Admirals could make sense. And the stars on the back of the jersey that they did show yeah. a picture of in the video came out. The problem with that is. A three-star in the Navy is a vice admiral. I mean, still admiral, I guess, but there's an actual admiral, and admiral in the Navy is a four-star. So having three stars on the jersey and then vice admiral, and again, the three stars could mean a host of things. could be the three Super Bowl championships. It could represent the DMV. It could be that there's three stars on the Washington, D.C. flag. It could be, though, like, it could be, you know, the fact that this is the third iteration of a uniform for the franchise and team names since they moved to Washington. I mean, there are so many different things that those three stars could actually stand for. They may not have to do with the team name at all. Well, I'll let you figure out that mystery uh, while we on the Giants side figure out who might be our next GM. All right, folks, coming up, David's going to ask me about the Giants. But first, got to tell you about Get Upside. If you buy gas, you've got to get the app Get Upside. Get up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time you fill up at the pump. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or on Google Play right now and use our promo code TOUCHDOWN when you sign up and you will get an additional $0.25 cent bonus 
uh, per gallon every time or on your first fill up, excuse me. Um, that's up to 50 cents cash back per gallon on your first fill up with that promo code touchdown. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using the free get upside app and cash out anytime at the pump, uh, to your bank account, to PayPal and, or get an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Again, that's get upside app and that promo code for 50 cents off per gallon on your first fill up is touchdown. All right, guys, back now. Crossover Thursday here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Giants, Locked On Washington football team. David Harrison and Patricia Trana talking about this Week 18 matchup, this final game between these two divisional mat, uh, foes and the final game for each for the season because it's over after this. No matter what, win and go home, lose, you still go home. It doesn't matter what is going to happen. Uh, Patricia, let's talk about quarterback. Let's just dive right into it, right? Daniel Jones, we talked earlier in the season. The conversation during the, the offseason was all about this is the prove-it season for Daniel Jones, like Baker Mayfield looks to be going into his prove it season next year. If the Browns don't make the playoffs, especially this kind of was that season for Daniel. I'm looking at mock drafts because again, Washington season is over after this week. And right now the New York giants have two, two picks in the top 10, um, you know, potentially getting better depending on how the rest of the season wraps up. But I haven't seen a lot of quarterback going to New York in in those top, the top five picks. The one they have is the, is fifth right now. One is eighth. Um, I've seen edge. I've seen offensive linemen. I haven't seen quarterback. Does that mean the Giants are sticking with Daniel, or does that mean they're going veteran, or I don't know, Mike Glennon? <laughs> oh gosh, no, no. <laughs> if they go with Mike Glennon, I think you're going to see a a, re, a revolt. Uh-huh. Um, you know, oh my gosh, no. Um, I think the reason why you don't see quarterback is twofold. Number one, you got to fix the offensive line. All right, until that is done, I don't want to talk about quarterback. I don't want to talk about receiver or tight end, which is another position they're going to need to redo on that offense. I don't want to talk about running back. Fix the offensive line. That's got to be priority number one. Look, you look at some of the teams around the league who before drafting their franchise quarterback, you know, Buffalo, Kansas City, um, Cleveland, you can make that argument up there. What did they all do? They put a solid offensive line in place. Then they bring in the young quarterback, and then it just makes their lives easier. And then it's up to the quarterback to do their thing. So the Giants, what I think they're going to do is Daniel Jones will be back next year, all right, assuming that that neck injury that ended his season isn't career-ending, which Mm -hmm. right now nobody is saying that that will be the case. Bring him back next year, decline his fifth-year option. I would not pick that fifth-year option up. If he steps up and he performs, guess what? Now you're in good shape. You know you've got your your long-term franchise quarterback. If he struggles, you're probably going to have another top 10 pick anyway next year. So, Or, or when I say next year, in 2023. Right. So then you can go and get your quarterback if you need to. Because let, let's face it, right now, um, is there any consensus on who the top quarterback is in this draft? I think I read different opinions every day as to who the top guys are. So not really a good year, I think, if you're looking for that blue chip, you know, stud quarterback. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, quarterbacks get overdrafted every year. That's really no secret. I, you know, I like guys like Sam Howell. I like guys like Desmond Ritter, but I don't, honestly, I don't see a slam dunk uh, NFL quarterback out of any of them. And I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for not drafting any quarterback. If you're going to draft a quarterback, especially that high draft, your quarterback, don't just go get a quarterback for the sake of getting a quarterback. So if the Giants don't see, you know, the next franchise quarterback out there, then yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You got guys like Evan Neal 
coming out of Alabama, Tyler Linderbaum. I mean, you can get both of those guys arguably in the top 10 and really set your offensive lineup for success, no matter who the quarterback is. And then I don't know, maybe go get a Jameis Winston. I'm very familiar with Jameis. Let Jameis and Danny Dimes battle it out. Either way, you're going to be entertained. No matter which quarterback you end up with, you're going to be entertained. And that's what you pay for when you buy that ticket. So I like that answer. And, and look, you know, you drafted a kid in the first round. There's nothing wrong with giving him his, his entirety of his first contract to go, to go figure it out. And like you said, if it does get figured out, then you're, you're basically good to go. And honestly, you're going to be able to pay Danny a little bit less than you're probably going to pay him. You know, if he had two great seasons coming off his rookie contract versus one, you're saying, yeah, but look at those other four, Dan. So let's, let's not get too crazy with breaking the bank here. Save a little bit of money in that second contract. Maybe go get yourself some other players. And like you said, if if Danny Dimes proves that he's not worth the offensive line investment that you just gave him, uh, you're probably picking in the top 10 and you can go get yourself maybe another blue chip quarterback. And hopefully this next crop in 2023 will actually have a blue chip quarterback. So let's talk about this game a little bit, Patricia, because the guys are going to play it. They're going to go out there. They're going to punish each other. They're going to punish themselves and they're going to go out there and they're going to play this football game. And it's going to be a hard fought game. I think we have a lot of confidence in that. The injury list, injury report to start off the week, uh, is incredibly long. I mean, and you got some important names here. Will Hernandez, uh, Darius Slayton is, is on there. Andrew Thomas, speaking of offensive line, right? Who do you actually expect to be playing in this game from these guys that are like a, a guy like Dexter Lawrence? Is he going to be able to ramp up as the Giants have him listed uh, fast enough to get back on the field? I really don't know because, you know, yeah. look, it, it depends it's on how, <laughs> how badly they were affected. You know, uh, Lawrence tested positive for COVID. I don't know if it's the the Omicron version of it or the original version. I mean, who can keep track anymore? Now, now I hear there's another strain that's making its way across the world now. Um, so I lose track after a while with all these different strains, but it yeah. really depends yeah. on how badly he was affected by it. It is a lengthy uh, injury report. Um, and, you know, it, it was funny. We were joking, uh, a colleague in, uh, uh, of mine and I were joking about it. We, they would just be better off at this point listing who's going to play, you know, because That's, that yeah. that injury report is just ridiculously long. But um, I'm just taking a look at it right now. I would say probably if I had to take a guess, and um, it's interesting because some of these guys are on are going to get moved to IR. Like Lennon is going to go to IR for sure. Ellerson Smith was just put on IR just a few minutes ago. Um, I think Barkley will be okay to play. Hernandez, I think, should be okay to go. Um, you know, if he's not, it's funny. He's he's been the only offensive lineman to play all the snaps and hasn't been very good. He hasn't been very consistent. Um, Slayton shoulder. He has a shoulder injury. COVID ramp ramp up at this point. I don't know if I would play him or not. I think, you know, I haven't. We didn't get to see them today because they were practicing indoors and we weren't allowed mm, in yeah. to see them for the five minutes of stretch anyway. So I don't know. I don't have a feeling about Slayton just yet. I think Thomas will be okay. Tony, I need to see what he does tomorrow, meaning Thursday. Um, we record this on Wednesday, obviously. I need to see what he does on Thursday. So I think the jury's still kind of out on a lot of these guys who were listed as limited. As far as the ones that were listed as did not participate, um, Glennon, obviously, is not going to go. I think Austin Johnson will go. I think, um, uh, let's see, Colin Johnson didn't play last week, so I'm not so sure about this week. Lawrence, remember, they said, you know, not injury-related, personal COVID ramp-up. I wonder if he got stuck in the bad weather on Wednesday. So really kind of hard to say, if I'm being honest with you. It was a walkthrough, and this was a projected injury report. 
And I think on Thursday, we're going to really have a better idea who's going to be available and who's not. But, you know, at this point, look, I, I, I hate to call this like an exhibition game, but it's almost like an exhibition game because, you know, what's it, win or lose, you're going to go home at the end of the day anyway. So you might as well just maybe get some of these other guys who haven't had a lot of snaps and see what they could do. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, absolutely. And, and you kind of mentioned it when we were talking about uh, on the other side of this, this crossover about Dave Gettleman. Um, and, and, you know, I covered the Buccaneers, so I'm familiar with Dave Gettleman from his time with the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, you're more familiar with him than I am even from my days in the NFC South with him uh, being the GM of the New York Giants. Uh, I guess uh, let's do it on a 10 scale, right? 10, he's out of the door no matter what happens on Sunday. One, it's all hooey and it's all, you know, media media trying to stir up uh, headlines like we like to do, like people say we like to do. Um how I mean how much in danger is his job and then Joe Judge, how much in danger is his job if at all? Dave Gettleman is out after this this game. Um yeah. there is no doubt in my mind that he's going to announce his retirement. I don't think the Giants are going to term it as a firing. Mm-hmm. Um everybody I talked to um, it's been reported all over the place. I've heard things. Everybody says that Dave is out. Yeah. Now, the question is judge. Now, from what I have heard, he is, he's, I don't want to say he's safe because he's not 100% safe. Certainly, you know, if, if you had asked me this like four or five weeks ago, I would have said, oh, he's safe. He's coming back. But you look at how the team has lost. You look at you know, some of what's been said and what's been done. And if you're Giants ownership, you cannot, in my opinion, you cannot say to the next GM, well, we're going to, you know, let you do what you need to do to fix the roster. But, oh, you've got to keep Joe and you've got to keep Daniel. Yeah. No, you've got to say to that GM, whoever he or she might be, you got to treat him like George Young and say, look, we're hiring you to fix this mess. Do what you got to do, and you'll have absolutely no interference from us as to what you keep, as to who you keep, what you do, and so on and so forth. And I think if the Giants can do that, then we'll have to see. I mean, look, with all, with all due respect, I like Joe Judge as a person, mm-hmm. and I was very optimistic that he might finally put an end to this revolving door of coaches. Right. But that said, and and I recognize the injury situation. I also recognize, you know, the COVID challenges and stuff. Everybody's got that, though. So what I look at is how well are is this team prepared to play? And we keep hearing about the culture. We keep hearing about how great they practice. We keep hearing about how tight they are. La-di-da. They could be singing Kumbaya every week, all right, every day in the locker room. I don't care. I, I want to know why isn't it translating to the field? Yeah. If you're practicing as well as you claim you are, if you get along like brothers, shouldn't that translate over to the field? You know, and, and you see, you know, the special teams, for example. Before Joe Judge got here, you know, the special teams were pretty good. They've gotten worse since he's gotten here, which is a, a damning statement for a guy who was a special teams coordinator for, for Belichick up in New England. Right. So you see the discipline issues, you know, and and I'm talking about on the football field, mind you. I'm not talking about, you know, off the field. Mm -hmm. You see the mistakes that are being made, stuff that's still going on here in in week 17, week 18 of the season. And you sit there and you say to yourself, what in God's name is going on with this team that they can't get their act together? So I don't, 
I won't sit here and say that Joe Judge is 100% safe. If I had to put a percentage on it, right now I would say maybe 85 to 90. Mm -hmm. But that number's going down and down with each embarrassing loss. And quite honestly, your ownership, you know, I know they don't want to have to pay another coach off because I think Joe got a, I want to say a five-year deal. I'm not sure if it's a four or five-year deal, but either way, they would have to pay him off next year if he's not here. And they don't want to have to keep doing that. I get that. But let the new GM make that decision. Don't say, okay, you've got to keep these guys. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that's the best, the best attitude to go into it with it. You can't bring in a new GM, like you said, tell them to fix the entire mess, but then force them to also fix the mess with parts of the problem. And, and Coach Judge, for what it's worth, for my angle, certainly talking like a guy who's feeling the pressure and, and isn't so secure in his own job security. So we'll see what happens. And I know, I mean, for the GM community, like John Dorsey with the Cleveland Browns uh, and Dave Gettleman with the New York Giants, two guys uh, who got second chances at being general managers. And that doesn't usually happen in the National Football League. So I know a lot of guys are kind of looking at them, say, hey, look, show everybody that you can do it twice and you can be successful uh, the second time around. John Dorsey's already out of a job and and Dave Gettleman, you know, uh, it not going very well. So may, may not see a, a second time around GM come come again. Uh, very, very, very soon. So um, that being said, Patricia, again, uh, kind of an exhibition game, right? A, a lot to do about the future. And I know that's where uh, our conversation has really shifted on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Sound, sounds like that's where it's shifted on, on the Locked On Giants podcast. Hard to predict a winner because it's hard to predict, again, who's going to play, how long they're going to play, and all these things. What we do know, of course, is that I appreciate your time. Uh, and I'm sure that we both appreciate the fan bases for struggling with these fans and for sticking with us as we struggle to give them encouragement to continue following each of these teams. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, I, I get it. My I know my listeners don't want to hear about games anymore. It's like no. the season's over. What's the point? And I get it. And uh, I look, guys and gals, we, we made it this far. We yeah. only have a few more days to go before it's all done. And then over at Locked on Giants, our schedule opens up as far as the topics we, we can cover. I'm sure it's the same thing for you over at Locked On Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll turn to the future, but it, it's been a it's been a rough one. And I just want to say to my listeners, thanks for sticking with us. I know some of you are like, you know, oh, I don't want to hear about the crossovers. We we, we have to do them. You know, I, I've I've told people we have to do them. They're on their mm-hmm. schedule. We have to do the game reviews. We have to do the Twitter Tuesdays. All the stuff, but. Starting next week, I know we're going to open things wide up. And look, I don't know about you, but I'm putting the heavy emphasis on the future, free agency, the draft, the salary cap, looking at some of the problems, obviously following the GM search uh, when that gets underway and and whatever other surprises might pop up. But uh, here's hoping things get better because, uh, you know, it's been rough. And I'll tell you something real quick before we sign off here. I actually changed my Twitter avatar because I'd been going with the same one for most of the last decade. And I said, you know what? I'm going to change it up and see if maybe that doesn't help. So I have a new Twitter avatar that I like. um, And I'm hoping that with that brings better luck for everybody. Hey, whatever, whatever it takes to get it done. Right. And (laughs) I mean, they say the draft starts in Mobile, right? Patricia, you're going to be at the senior bowl. Uh, Don't know yet. Oh, okay. I'm going to be in the senior bowl. So hopefully if you're down there, we run into each other. We get to, to hang out and watch some football, evaluate some prospects uh, that could help each of these teams get better. But like you, uh, Chris and I appreciate our listeners as well. Again, we know nobody really wants to talk about who's going to win or who's going to lose because uh, it's pretty much all bad news no matter where 
you cover, but we do appreciate everybody sticking around. And uh, Patricia, we'll talk again during the offseason, of course, and look forward to 2022, where both these teams will come in with Super Bowl aspirations, of course.